Before we get started with the podcast today, I wanted to give our listeners the inside scoop on something we're super excited about. It's called the Healthy Church Workshop, and you can go to replicate.org slash cohort right now as it launches today. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today we will be speaking with Candy Gallaty, special guest and wife of Dr. Robbie Gallaty. Yes. Do you like to be called doctor? No. No, only at home. Candy, do you call him doctor in the home? Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe if he's in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nobody calls Gallaty? me doctor. I did all the work for the doctorate, and nobody calls me doctor. But that's fine. But that's fine. Do you want to be? I can start calling. I do doctor not want to be called doctor. No. How about doc? No. No, that's no, terrible. Fine. Robbie's right. fine. Robbie's good. I can, pastor is what I refer Pastor's to. I can't. Fine. I can't break it down to the the single name. But anyway, moving along, we are talking about today family discipleship, and seeing as to how you are a family. And you make disciples, and you have children. Uh, we figured maybe you would have some insight as to how to disciple the family. Yes, uh, we're. Lear- I tell you one thing: we're learning through the process. I will say that it's. Uh, they don't give you a manual on how to be a parent. You know, all of the theory and practice goes out the window when you have your own children. That's true. Yeah, but you ever notice how people without kids have the best ideas on how to raise kids? Oh, absolutely. Until they have kids. And then they have kids and they're like, everything I thought, yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then every kid is different. Every child's different. Every child is different. Yes, every and every child and learns different. Every child learns different, and no child is as good as my children. Now, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone that's thinks. What everybody thinks. Not oh, me, not I'm like, we don't think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what everybody thinks. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no. Everyone knows the reality of their own children. And moving on to discipleship, though. When you think of discipling the family. Um, I envision in my mind a family sitting around the fireplace, thumbing through the giant old King James version of the Bible, looking at the pictures and, uh, and music playing softly in the background. Kids just asking questions about the gospel. And dogs laying around. Dogs laying around. around. Yeah. That is never how Hot it works at our home. Yeah. That's how it is in all the paintings. The old. Right. Thomas uh, Kincaid. Yeah. Thomas Kincaid was a liar, is what we're saying. Um, Thomas Kincaid oh paintings uh, show us. Uh, so that's not really discipleship. No. No. In reality, what does it look like in the Gallaty home? It's a good question, Chris. Yeah, you go ahead, Candy. Well, I would just say, first off, in all seriousness, um, when you're dealing with family discipleship, our families are really the only um, unit that we can actually do discipleship, I think, really well. Hmm. And the reason is we live with them. We're right. with them day in, day out, hours upon it's hours. It's hard for them to lie to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard, well, we have one it's that, hard for you to lie to them because they yeah. see you every day, right? That's yeah. right. This is true. This is true. But no, they. Your every opportunity that the Lord gives you can be a teaching opportunity and you're you're truly walking alongside of them yeah. or we should be like Deuteronomy 6 tells us. Yeah, right. and I would say too that the key with parental discipleship is 
The key word is intentionality, Chris, mm. because so often we get so busy and we get so focused on on church and ministry and uh, speaking and journaling or whatever whatever you do or discipling people that we pass the first church of our home, which yeah. is our kids. And so I would say intentionality, like Candy said, what we try to do is look for these teachable moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're all always there teachable moments where you can connect real life with biblical principles. Hmm. And uh, you'll say, you know, uh, well, for example, Rick came home the other day and said, you know, somebody got caught cheating in class. Was it him? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay, no, no comment. No comment. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and, you, and you thought back immediately, what did I tell him about me cheating in school at some point? Well, the problem was he may have. Yeah, exactly. Well, but the reality is on this occasion, it wasn't him. Okay. okay but good, I will good. say he said so. And, and so we use that as a teachable moment to say, it's interesting, Rig. Why do you think that's wrong? He said, because she got in trouble. And I said, I know that. You know, she got sent to the prison. Yeah. I know that. But beyond that. Why is it wrong? Here's what the Bible says. And here's why it's wrong. Yes, it's a sin. Ethically, it's a sin. We're doing things wrong. But it's a sin against the Lord. And so we use that as a teachable moment. But really, discipleship has to take place in an intentional time throughout the week. Okay? And I tell people, and, and you've listened to the program and you know this, discipleship is always more than the hour to hour and a half meeting time with your group once a week. Yeah. But it's never less than that. Hmm. It's never less than that, meaning you have to meet at least one intentional time throughout the week because you're texting all week, you're talking, you're encouraging, sure. you're calling, you're meeting. And so for the family, and Candy and I recently, just as as recent as last week, started to think through what we have is in our home, we have a regular rhythm of talking about the Lord. Okay. So it's at normally dinner time. Right. And Candy can tell, why don't you tell them what we do kind of at dinner time and even at night before bed, but we got convicted we think we need to do one more thing. Okay. Yeah, so we typically, every night at dinner, sit down, and that's where we try to maximize the time of us all being together, no distractions, no technology, no phones, and we talk about the day. You know, we ask them questions, we engage them, and try to see where we can add things in um, that would be teaching them about the Lord. That's Mm -hmm. what we do at dinner time. And then we would also, we also try every night to, maximize bedtime because no kid wants to go to bed true it's very rare so if they don't want to go to bed or or even if they do we try to go to bed early enough to where we have a time an intentional time with them where we can sit down um maybe talk about some things from the word that we've been reading we have prayer time robbie and i both say prayers with them we sing songs you know it's just um kind of like wait a second let me stop right there so you're saying that pastor is singing songs with the children every night Every night. Well, Most yes, nights. they have. Well, we each we each have a song. <laughs> Wait a second. We have two. Okay, I have two songs on the rotation. Candy has two songs on the rotation. What are the songs well, on no, your my, rotation? Mine's really just one. Candy has one song. I have. I, I I have a little broader range of songs. Okay. So I got two. I bring. Now, to the are table. these Christian songs? Uh, no. Candies are not. Mine are. But <laughs> can I can I get the titles? This is some. This is interesting information that okay. you're not going to okay. find anywhere else. Candy's, so, Candy's song, and they actually like Candy's better than mine. Okay, so mine is what my daddy always sang to me when I was growing up, and it's "You Are My Sunshine." Uh, okay. Now, okay. if That's you know one. that song, the second um, verse is a little morbid, so I have changed it. I've changed the words. Wow. 
to I make didn't know it the second verse. Yes, to make <laughs> it happy. Listen, we're good Baptists. We sing all three <laughs> verses every. You don't skip verse three and go four. No, we don't no, go no, no. one. Okay. We one just change the word. Never. <laughs> And then for the record, before we move on to more important things, what are your songs in the rotation? My, my songs are Jesus Loves Me. Okay. That's and, pretty uh, doable. Yeah, that's pretty doable. And the second one is uh, The Bible. So, uh, okay. Oh, the B-I-B-L-E. Jesus, oh, Jesus Loves the Little Children. Sorry. Okay, I was going to say, I'm not going to ask you to Jesus sing Jesus Loves the Little Children. <laughs> I can't even think of my own songs, yeah. Yeah. But, and they rotate sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so. So, yeah. But anyway. But, but then we talk about, okay, so we, we, we talk about uh, the word. I'll read a scripture to them at night or read a story right. together and we'll talk about things in the word and we try to apply it. Now the conversation normally with Rig and Ryder, normally we wind up in the book of Revelation on the last days <laughs> with the lake of fire. I don't know how we always wind up here but they always want to know about the end of times and, right. and Jesus coming back. So and like the average the, church goer basically. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Candy, in wrapping that up, so you're just basically saying that is your evening, I want to say ritual, that, that might sound, but the thing routine. you do with your kids daily, yes. that routine to help them. Yes. Um, what are some things specifically beyond, so you, Pastor was mentioning earlier, um, there's some things beyond that that you feel like you need to do to be more intentional. Yes. What is that looking like? Yes. So, and I'll also say, um, right before I answer that, another time that's a really good time with children is in the car like on the way to school in the morning so you know we don't we don't do a huge in-depth conversation but I always say a prayer over them and just you know um, I want them to always kind of start their day that way mm -hmm. by praying and so we do that before they get out of the car every morning so that's something that um, parents can try to use that time as well yeah and then I would say what we've decided is we're going to try this we haven't done this yet specifically but this is what we're going to try we are going to have a family discipleship meeting once a week hmm. so you know right now we meet with our discipleship groups right. you know once a week for about an hour hour and a half and so what we're going to do is we're going to do that same model with our kids okay. so we're going to choose the night that we're most often always home mm -hmm. and we're going to sit down with them and we're they, they love to do things as a family i mean most kids want to spend time with their parents they yeah. want to play games board games or whatever and so this will be something they look forward to because we're going to all be together yeah and we're going to spend some time in the word and just kind of have like family time so basically saying, hey, let's take this model of a discipleship group that we're already doing. We've already talked about the benefits of that in everyone's life and being intentional about doing that with our own children beyond an evening devotion right before you go to bed, prayer before bedtime. Uh, what we do at my house a lot of time during supper time, we'll talk about some things while we're all gathered there to eat. But this is beyond that, taking that next step to disciple our children intentionally, which obviously, I mean, it's, it's like a no brainer. Of course we should be doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but how do we practically do it. And, and so those are some great insights to that. So one of the challenges I think a lot of families have is all this sounds great. We definitely need to be doing it. Um, I hear it. I meet, you know, every parent immediately gets convicted. I think, okay, how much am I doing? What does this look like? I think you're right, pastor. We bring the leftovers uh, to our family generally a lot of times instead of prioritizing that over others. But what are some just some insights, um, maybe failures, successes that you could say this has really worked and this will really help us? Um, uh, just anyone listening, maybe it's just that struggling single mother who's like, how do I find the time to do this? <clears throat> what What is something we can help people with just to get them started, you know, you said earlier the the basic minimum. What are some things we can do to help anyone who maybe has done nothing move from nothing to something in terms of discipling their kids? So, what? And, and here's the thing we're trying to do: we're trying to create a regular rhythm 
of conversation and dialogue in the home. See, you're trying to get your kids as at a young age to understand that I can talk to dad and mom about anything. Okay, because that's really where the problems come in. When you, when you when you go to high school or when kids get to middle school, they feel like oh, mom and dad's not going to listen. So I'll confide in Joe, who's right. far from God, and you know he's going to listen to me. Yeah. And so kids will say, "Parents are not there for me." So what we're just trying to do is the the meeting time is an excuse to get together and just talk about life and talk about you, you know at yeah. dinner what we do is we just have a simple thing. We say, "What was one thing that was exciting about your day, and what was one thing that was challenging or surprising?" Rising, sure. Right. You know, what, what was great about your day for rig and rider? It's always PE. They must take after me. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But <laughs> wiffle but, ball yeah, was so, the highlight of my day. Oh, wow. Okay. Or dodgeball. <laughs> or dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they're playing. So are they allowed to play dodgeball these days? Uh, we do dodgeball. Rick's fact, playing kickball. Oh, kickball. kickball. I like kickball. Full contact kickball. <laughs> Have you ever had that? Okay. <laughs> so uh, the first thing is communication. And then I would say for parents, you got to realize it takes consistency and, and don't feel bad if you mess up. Okay. Or don't feel bad if you forget. Because the reality is life ebbs and flows. So you're going to have seasons of, of busyness and seasons of lulls in yeah. life. And so you have to just be consistent. And you got to remember, you only have your kids for a certain period of time. This yeah. is a great exercise to do. Your kids, when they hit the age of 16 and they get wheels, they're gone. Right. 18. They're really gone. So rig just turned 10. Ryder is about to turn eight. And so rig literally six years, he's gone with wheels and in and, and eight years, he's gone to college. OK. Ryder, eight and 10 respectively. So the reality is we only have them a few more years. And think about those who are listening. Think about your kids. Yeah. How much longer do you have with them? And so you got to remember, you're not raising your kids for the 18 years in the home. You're raising them for the 60 years they live outside of the home. And one of the things about parenting, remember, you're not raising just your kids. You're actually raising your grandkids. Because here's why. The reason, Dad, that you don't take out the trash the way you're supposed to or on time like I don't is because you saw your dad fail to do the same thing. The reason you talk to your wife the way you do, the reason the, reason the wife talks to the husband the way she does is because she watched that in the home. Sure. And so what you're doing is you're teaching your kids who have ultimately are going to disciple and train those kids that they have, which will be your grandkids. So it's a high responsibility to be a parent. Sure. Well, and let me say this, too. We don't have this down perfectly by any means it's always um, a learning experience we find what works and what doesn't work and so also it depends on your kids ages so yeah. you kind of have to tailor what you're doing to age appropriateness if that makes sense so if you have tiny tiny ones you're not going to be able to maybe sit down and have right. this intentional family time because they wouldn't really be able to do that longer than a minute maybe um, but you start somewhere and so if I was starting from nowhere and I had to start somewhere I would find a time dinner time bedtime morning time before school find one of those times that's already a part of your day mm -hmm. and try to maximize that and then after that is when you would start moving on to something else that's good. because there hasn't always been things that our kids have done you know that have succeeded or whatever that we've tried to do with them yeah. um, so it's it's always a learning process well, and one of the things you've said before too, Candy and Pastor both, but Candy specifically, how are you doing things in the home in your pursuit of Christ to let them see, 
to be able to emulate. I know you've spoken about this before, but just, you know, the things you're doing because you want, obviously you're doing them because you should be doing them, but then your children see those things and emulate those in their own life. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, I wake up at about five o'clock in the morning because I, every morning it's early. Yeah. I have, but if, if I don't, then I don't get my time with the Lord and I'm not one that can stay up really late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain goes completely off at about seven or eight o'clock. So I'm best in the morning. And so I set my clock, I wake up. And I do that for two reasons. One, it's quiet and I can spend time uninterrupted other than the three dogs that live in the house. Uninterrupted other than that, having my quiet time. And so every single morning, when the boys come down the stairs, they see me sitting in the same exact spot, Hmm. doing the same exact thing without fail. Yeah, And so... I want that image to always be in their head. As sure. they get grow and, and, and they're in college, I want them to always remember that they came down the stairs and mom was in the word, mm-hmm. um, journaling, praying, you know, whatever time they walked down, that they saw me and that yeah. would speak volumes to them. Sure. Just by seeing that. And listen, here's the principle. What gets cultivated gets replicated. Hmm. So as you cultivate in your in your house, in your home, this uh, natural routine of studying the word and reading the word, and, and that's important to mom and that's important to dad. Right. Eventually it's gonna they're gonna say that was important to them, it's important sure. to me. See, that's the reason there was a study done years ago about why pastors' kids walk away hmm. from the ministry. Seventy percent, and I don't know if this is still accurate, but I heard seventy percent of pastors, kids, and ministry will walk away from the Mm. ministry when they go to college. Okay, 70%. And so they polled some of the people and found out why were they walking away from the Lord, okay? And here's what they found out. The number one reason, Chris, is because they said dad was a different person on Sunday as he was on Monday. Uh oh. <laughs> Dad was caring and loving and kind and listening to people all the mm-hmm. time. And uh, he would bend down that he was uninterrupted on Sunday. When he would get home on Sunday night or Monday, he was overburdened. Uh, he was overbearing. Uh, he was negative. He was pessimistic. Mm-hmm. He was disciplinarian, Dad. And so they said, if that's the kind of Jesus that Dad serves, I don't want that. Hello. And if that's what the church did to Dad, <laughs> I don't want that. And so what happened is you had this disconnect. Yeah, They would say one thing, and it's kind of like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, listen to what they say, but don't do what they do because they're not doing what they say is right. And so it's easy for us to get that way. And I think what people are looking for today more than anything, particularly Mm -hmm. our kids, especially this millennial generation, they are looking for integrity and genuineness. They are looking for someone who's genuine, not the preacher who gets up and, ladies and gentlemen, open your Bibles today to 2 Timothy. And then he walks off the stage and he says, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, so, so glad you guys are. It's almost like a disconnect. Yeah, it's like a, a false uh, reality. You know, uh, people see one and they see yeah, the you other. You turn into somebody walk. else. And then, and somebody told me this years ago with preaching, they said, just be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be any. And your kids see right through that. Yeah. They, they know that. Well, that's, a, yeah. The one thing that I think I can offer this conversation is one, one of the things I do with my kids is I'm constantly telling them that I need the exact same thing they need. So, you know, if my son is doing something, he's playing a video game, he gets angry, he gets mad. I know that he's doing that because he's doing it, but he's also doing it because he's probably seen me do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly telling him, hey, we've got to work on our anger, you know, and and I have to work on it and you have to work on it because I don't want him to think, I've got it all together and I'm perfect. You need to work on your issue. So almost every time I, I deal with them on an issue, it's usually out of, 
I need to work on that same thing. What does the Bible teach us about this? How can we respond to Christ biblically so that we can change this response that's not biblical? Yeah, that's good. And uh, and so that's had some that's had some good traction. But I also want them knowing that hey. Uh, my dad's not perfect. He doesn't have it all together. And when he messes up, he has the same response of needing the grace of Christ to, to change him that I do. You know, this morning, I take a perfect example for, as we close. This morning, Rig was, uh, Rig and Ryder training for their karate belt. So they've been going to karate. And, yeah. So uh, it's full contact karate practice at the home. And Ryder goes three days a week. Now, Rig is goes, this a Gality dojo or is this an actual? No, this is an actual okay, dojo. Okay. Now, when they work their way up, they have to be daddy for oh, the belt. Wow. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hey, they, they may do it someday. You may do, watch they, out. they may actually do it. But the reality is Ryder goes three days a week. Rig goes five days a week. So Rig knows all the moves and the katas and, and, and all the all the uh, form. Ryder doesn't know it that well. So I told Rig today, I said, son, you have to train your little brother so yeah. that he can pass the test. And he said, no, my little brother beats me up and punches me all the time. I'm not training him at all. He doesn't deserve it. So he told me sorry. Hello. And I said, no, you're right. He doesn't deserve it. But none of us deserve it. None of us deserve anything, Rig, and that's what grace is. And so I got to teach him about what grace is this morning. And here's the beautiful thing about grace, and it's just a healthy reminder for all of us. Jerry Bridges said, on our worst day as a Christian, we're never beyond the grace of God. That's good. But on the best day we have as a Christian, we are desperately in need of the grace of God. Hmm. And so I began to teach him a little bit for a moment about grace. And hey, listen, that's what's cool about grace. You give it to somebody who doesn't deserve it, just like God gave it to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.